1: Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/specialoffer. All lowercase. That's Shopify.com/specialoffer.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Bucketheads. It is episode 83 of our College Troops podcast. My name is Connor Lemines. I'm here with my lovely co host, Justin Golba. As we have, um we are ripping it off. We're getting close to. Uh, preseason here, we have our biggest interview, Justin, that we've had in several months, as we have uh, the head ball coach, Chris Holtman, back on the podcast today. Now a two-time guest on Bucketheads.
2: Uh, I had some M&Ms about an hour ago, so I'm pushing through a sugar crash. But um, yeah, Coach Holtman's always fun to talk to. We had him on so early in our podcast that I feel like a lot, not a lot of people that like follow us now might have seen it because he was like, he was like, the fifth episode, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah, it's episode eighty-three. So hopefully Mm -hmm. we've we've got some people along the way, and um, this time we we saw him in person—not in uh, person—but he was on our camera, so it was fun. And I mean, this is uh,
0: if if you're trying to keep track of Ohio State basketball this summer, if you're trying to follow them in what's been a really quiet summer for the program, you definitely want to. Stay with us. Listen through the interview because uh, it's no secret that Holtman, the coaching staff, the team, they've kind of been under the radar this summer and it has been intentional. We asked him about that a little bit in the interview. Um, I think Chris Holtman's done a few interviews this summer, maybe two or three on a podcast. I know he did one with Adam Jardy back in like May, but for the most part, um, Holtman has not been popping around doing interviews he's not been volunteering for media appearances he's been trying to it seems like stay a little bit more quiet under the radar just get to work this summer so um, we're definitely glad that he he took the time about 30 35 minutes with us you'd say um, covered all kinds of fun stuff
2: yeah I mean if, if you're an Ohio State basketball fan which I'm assuming you are if you're listening to this podcast this is like the one person you want to hear from like this is the guy this is the head ball coach so I don't know why you would not listen to the interview. That seems crazy. This is the guy. We, we, got, got, we him. got the guy. We got him.
0: We got into a little bit of specific players for this year. Um, but if you're looking for, I guess, a, see, like a season preview, a team preview, um, this wasn't exactly that. Um, because the way that both Justin and I really see it is questions about, you know, how is player X going to fit into this team? What are you expecting from player Y? Um, Those questions are going to be asked and asked over and over and over and over between now and November. So we did ask about a few specific players, but it wasn't an in-depth kind of season preview because you only get, you only get the head coach out of a press conference setting every so often. So we did ask him a few more big picture things, about the transfer portal and not just like how the portal works, but like from, from his eyes, when you're a head coach and the phone and Jake Diebler texts you down the hall, Hey, Jamison battles in the transfer portal. What do we think? Like from that point on, what does that process look like? And like we asked him about conference realignment, Big 10 expansion, some, some bigger picture items that maybe don't uh, fit into the box of a press conference that you would, you know, you're not going to sit in a press conference after Ohio State beats Western Michigan 98 to 47 and say, hey, Chris,
2: I'm curious. What do you think about uh, Washington and Oregon? It's like uh, we just played a game. So some of those oh, that would be things. that would be funny. And I do think you should start doing that at press conferences and just asking completely irrelevant questions. Just even like even dis- like after that, like, let's say they beat Texas A&M the first game of the season. Ask him what he thinks about the West Virginia game in a month and a half. Not even the next game, just like a game that's like two months away. See what he says. He's a nice guy. I feel so like, like he'd dance around it, but
0: like hey, I've got a I know we just had a game here, but I have a story to write about something else. So I am going to write my goddamn story and I'm gonna ask this question even though it has nothing to do with this game that just happened.
2: Coach, what do you think? Colin McCord or Devin Brown. We'll be like, What? Who
0: Literally. Um but yeah, so
2: good interview. I we thought about his fun. we asked him about his podcast as well.
0: We asked him about his podcast. We asked him about uh, Taylor Swift concert he went to. I think we did a very some, good
2: job of not getting off the rails and talking about Taylor Swift for thirty minutes, honestly.
0: And if you would have asked him again, he probably would have asked him again. He probably would have kept talking about it. And I just thought it was he. He used he very much used like coach speaking coach words about her, which is hilarious. But yes, he did. Anyway, he like
2: he was like active, physical. You know, uh, she was. A tr- it was a tremendous,
0: per- t- tremendous performance. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that in a second. We'll get to the full interview with uh, with Coach Holtman here momentarily. Um, there is some housekeeping things that we want to hit on before we get to that. Um, five-star center Jaden Quaintance, the number 12 player in the 2024 class, um, has scheduled a visit with Ohio State for September 9th, which is, I believe, the first home football game that is against Youngstown State. Correct me if I'm wrong, Justin. I, I think that is their first home game, right?
2: Yes, it'll be a very, very close game, I'm sure. Against the, the Penguins.
0: But uh yeah, he's a penguins. He's a five star. He reclassified from 2025 to 2024. I believe he's from North Carolina. Um, but he is a five star center. He's six foot nine. Um, would be the highest ranked recruit in Chris Holtman's time at Ohio State to go to Ohio State if he got a commit from him. I would need to double check and see if he's cut down a final list or anything like that. I don't think he has, but um, that is a visit That is an official visit on the books for a little over a week from now.
2: Yeah, everything. Um, sorry, Connor, I'm sending an email, just letting the people know what I'm doing. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, sorry. That's really bad. Uh, etiquette on my part. I apologize. Yeah. Everything about Jane Quentin's, uh acquaintance. I still don't know to say his name. Um, it kind of points to it's gonna be a bidding war, which is just kind of funny to say. Like we're getting used to it, but it is kind of funny to say nowadays. Um, I know that I know Missouri's very, very much in on him. Dennis Gates is a very appealing coach to play for. Missouri's kind of like one of those hot, young and coming teams, you know. Um, kind of sky's the limit kind of deal there. And then obviously, I mean anytime Kentucky's involved, you know, once you got to deal with the big boys, um, you know, that gets tricky. You know, it, it'll be interesting to see how his visit goes. I do think that the hometown kind of Ohio thing matters. Um, I did laugh. I think we mentioned this before, but his, his dad was like, if that's the only thing that matters, he'd just go to Kent State, which I was like, he could. That wouldn't suck either. But, um, he's not going to Kent State. So we'll see. I, I think that just kind of plays into it. I, I don't, I wouldn't get my hopes up too high necessarily if I was an Ohio State fan. Um, it's kind of, you know, Aiden Sheryl's pretty much out of the picture. This is kind of the new focus, but I, it doesn't look like he's leaning Ohio State. So, you know, you never know. A visit can change everything. So we'll see. It's good to get them on campus. That's the big thing. You got to get these dudes on campus, show them, show them around, show them Columbus, and and just hope that that kind of can propel them into a better standing.
0: And then the other one, um, I need to back up. I left that page. There is a another 2024 recruit, um, four-star Jacob Kofi. He's a six foot nine power forward. Um, out of we tried to pronounce this before we started recording. Samamish Sammamish, Washington, uh, the number the number eighty-eight player in the country, the number one player in Washington, which I'm not sure um how huge of an accomplishment it is to be the number one player in the basketball rich state of Washington. Um, But he is a top 100 player. He's uh, 6'9", 230, listed at power forward. Um, a big dude already. And uh, he has listed Ohio State in his final four alongside Washington, which is the home state school, uh, USC, which has become like the recent bag school, and uh, Virginia.
2: I like Virginia. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, he's a Washington kid. He's a West Coast kid. So I think Washington is probably the lean there it was weird. I heard the name like maybe seven or eight months ago. I mean, a long time ago, I just remember it was cold. So it was like winterish. And then I heard nothing else, not a peep. So, and then he just kind of popped out and Ohio state was in his top four. So um, it's, it's cool that, and I've said this before, it's nice that Ohio state is getting in these top fours and sixes of guys. Like you don't even really hear about too much. They just kind of pop up in the top four, top six. And, You know those guys don't tend to go there because you tend to hear leans certain ways. You you know there's tends there tends to be. I mean same way with look at the 2024 class with Junie Mobley and Colin White before both of them committed. We pretty much knew they were going to Ohio State. Like you hear these guys have leans and whatnot. Um. So, but it is cool to see like Ohio State is is still a team that they're giving. It seems like if Ohio State pops up on their on their on their call, they're giving consideration kind of no matter what. And that's always a nice thing, and that has to do with development and putting, you know, what they put four, four guys in the NBA the last four years, is that math right? Three years, four, four years, years, whatever, you know, stuff like that. That all can, that all matters. So, um, I I wouldn't expect him to come to Columbus, but anything's possible once you once you make a top four. You know, I think it was uh, I was I was watching an interview with Mike Williams the other day. The. Chargers receiver and he was like up until I grabbed the Clemson hat, I thought I was going to Florida State. So anything can happen, you know. He was like, I was planning on going to Florida State. And then when they were like pick a hat, I was like, all right. And he just chose the Clemson one. So, you know, you get in these top fours, and anything can happen.
0: Yeah, it is sounding like uh we did talk about uh two weeks ago, Aiden Sherrill, um, another four star center, yeah, um, wrong. was going was going to commit to Alabama, it sounded like then he postponed his recruitment. Um, I don't know which direction it's gone to which school, but it sounds like it's not Ohio State. So that recruitment being postponed was not a postponement so that he could commit to Ohio State. Um, I read, I don't know if it was on three or or twenty-four-seven, that it almost directly had to do with the amount of uh, NIL money that was going to be able to be put up by different schools. So yeah. I didn't read into it. I didn't read into it far enough to see if it's like Alabama putting up more, or if it's a different school that jumped in. But it does not sound like that's Ohio State. So uh, from what, can I, that from one what off. I
2: saw and from what I heard, uh, Texas made a late push, and it's now Texas mm. and Al- it's Texas and Alabama now. Texas is the team. Michigan State fans thought it was them, but it seems like it's Texas that um, made the push, which makes sense.
0: Yeah. The Texas basketball brand is much less obnoxious to me uh, than the football brand. Like I like Rodney Terry. I even like, before he went off and, and uh, potentially choked his wife, I like Chris Beard too. Like I never minded Texas basketball, honestly. What a qualifier. Um, wouldn't, yeah, yeah. Before that happened, I allegedly. was like, oh, kind of like Chris allegedly. Beard. That's true. That's true. I don't know, it was all allegedly, but we're always going to say allegedly. Um. Anyway, I like Rodney Terry. I think it's a cool story.
2: Texas basketball, whatever would be kind of cool. Would have been a cooler to see him go to Ohio State, but um, I'm very interested in them this year because they have, they kind of have like a melting pot of like Ohio State's could have like could have been Ohio like weirdly attached players to Ohio State of like Dylan Mitchell who Ohio State was really hard recruiting at one point, and then mm-hmm. Max Avedis who gives Ohio State fans nightmares at night, and then and you and you refuse to pronounce his name correctly. Yeah, I why would I. What is it again? Is he even a- it, it, its its Asmus. Ace, it is he—is he, is he still
0: hes not still in school, is he? I,
2: I'm yeah, he sure he's—he graduated. Oh my! I don't know if he's in oh classes, but he's at Texas. I think he's oh a graduate transfer. God. I believe that's the—that's ter- the term. But yeah, okay. he, he transferred yeah. to Texas, so he's, no, he's I like forgot, their main guard I, now.
0: I, I forgot that he did. Yeah, for in my mind, for some reason, I thought he had already been at Texas for one year. Now he's done. No, he just transferred from from Head Bob over to. Texas
2: yep he'll be at Texas this year so they're a very interesting team they just lost Marcus Carr who used to be Ohio State killer you know all of these little connections yeah
0: all right um I think it's about all the housekeeping stuff um we do have a contest to talk about here in a second but before that I did want to mention Justin this this will get your rocks off um I'm going to write I'm going to write an article in the next days i'm gonna try to rank the non-conference games for ohio state from easiest to hardest so if you had that idea you can't have it anymore um i can't say i day. think that i think the four hardest are are, are like it's easy to look Obvious. at those top four games and be like oh these are the most challenging and then i'm looking at ohio state's other non-conference games and holy shit it is so hard to like good luck screen they play three like,
2: mac teams so
0: uh, that's what I was just gonna say. It's so hard for me to scrape apart like Central Michigan, Western Michigan, and Miami because I'm not just gonna throw them in any order. I have to use some kind of logic.
2: Yeah, as brother, to if Someone wanted... who follows MAC basketball pretty closely. That's the that's the same team. Those three are the same team.
0: Did you know that? So Central Michigan, three of their top four scorers were like actually pretty good last year. They all hit the transfer portal. One yes. of them transferred to Kent
2: State. Reggie Bass. Yes, I'm actually excited about Reggie Bass. A good player. Mac player of the Mac freshman of the year, I think. Yeah, yep. So because there's levels to it, it in the Mac. Central Michigan stinks, and Kent's like pretty respected. So he was like, let me do that.
0: So he stayed in conference to Kent. They had another guy that went to to Oregon, like Jesse Zarzuela, I think his name is. He went to he went to Oregon. Um Western Michigan is just like poverty. Yeah. Absolute poverty. Yeah, they had a big so, guy about
2: three years ago that was good, and that's literally it.
0: So I'm like trying to separate these like these like smaller buy games into like what's the easiest, what's the hardest. I think I've settled on that. Miami of Ohio is
2: like a Miami notch above a, Miami has a program. I'll give them that. They got like, I feel like if you know, they're Nike like a Sabandi notch above Pittsburgh, Nike's a bandie from Pittsburgh, yeah. from Pittsburgh yeah. used to be there.
0: Yeah. I think they're a notch above like the directional Michigan schools. Um, But Ohio state definitely still should beat Miami, but like the central Michigan, Western Michigan woof man, that is that is brutal. I haven't even got to New Orleans and Oakland yet.
2: Yeah, I would lean central over Western in terms of hardness, but uh oh well I don't know why I said it like that. But um yeah, I would but yeah, it's it's tough. They're both not good. Yeah. Somehow yeah, for Western Central last year at home, which was tough. For Western, I have real bad as my note. For central, I just have bad. Yeah, that's um, about it. I mean, Central, obviously, Marcus Keene, legend, but that's it.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I just want to throw that in there. I thought that was really interesting that um the MAC freshman of the year actually played at Central Michigan. They could have potentially had all four of their leading scorers back this year, and three of them hit the transit portal, which sucks. You want to um, hear, hear a fun fact? I think you're going to tell me one anyways, even if I say no.
2: Uh, Kent State football kicks off their season this week. Uh, yeah, I was just going to go. Actually, they kick it off tonight. This is dropping on Thursday. They play Thursday night at UCF. Uh, Kent State football, Connor, I'm, this is a trivia game. He, They were ruined by Deion Sanders. Uh, Deion Sanders took our head coach, Sean Lewis, made him uh, the Colorado offensive coordinator. Um, and when that happened, there's 22 starters on a football team. Kent, how, Kent State is returning two. How many do you think they lost their graduation? Zero. One. 19 transferred after Sean Lewis announced he was leaving, including our best receiver went to Penn State and our quarterback went to UCLA. So Absolutely so. brutal. So Deion Sanders is the reason for the downfall of Kent State's football program.
0: All right. We got an ad read real quick for a contest (laughs) that if you're a football fan, you probably are going to be interested in. And then after that, we're going to get into the Chris Holtman interview. So are you a fan of an NFL team? Well, I'm not, but you might be. Would you love to attend your favorite team's week one game? while you're in luck. Fans First Sports Network, which is uh, the family of, of podcasts that our lovely college basketball podcast, Bucketheads, is a part of is giving away four free tickets to week one NFL game of your choice with a value of up to $5,000. The rules to enter are simple. Go to contest.fansfirstsports.com and fill out the appropriate information, which is basically just your name and email, and that's it. Once you've done that, you've been officially registered to win four free tickets to any week one game. What are you waiting for? Go enter for your shot at seeing your favorite team play in week one. The contest ends on September 4th, which I believe is this weekend. And with that, we're gonna go ahead and jump in to our interview with Ohio State head coach, Chris Holtman. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. All right, for episode 83, we are super excited to be talking with Ohio State head basketball coach Chris Holtman, who is actually making his second appearance on Bucketheads, joining a prestigious group of two-time guests that also includes Adam Jardy, Mark Titus, and Joe Gemma. So Chris, thank you for talking with us today.
1: Yeah, that's, that's quite a group there. You got some, you got some writers, some pretty creative guys in there too. And you're probably talking to the least creative of, of that, of that group there, but good to be with you and Justin.
0: So things have been uh, pretty quiet from the program this summer, uh, coaches, players, the, the team, social accounts, all this stuff. Um, how has the summer been different? I guess this summer been different for you guys versus the past, Several summers, do you think?
1: Well, yeah, I, I don't know that it's been uh, necessarily intentional um, that it's just been quieter. You know, we last year we took a summer summer trip, so you're you're giving some information on that. You know, I think, uh, and you'll start to see some more stuff generated here uh, through our account as the the uh, start of the year kicks off here. But you know, you're at you're at a place right now where everybody's you know following every step of kind of what's going on. Uh, across the across campus there with um, with the start of football and uh, all that so um, yeah we've we've got some stuff planned you know kind of a get to know some of our new guys and then and some other things but we've we've had a really good summer it's been it's been really good you know I think you guys know just having more continuity than w- what we had last year's a really good thing um, and you know we we have a we have a fair amount of continuity. Uh, of guys that are returning and guys that played roles last year.
0: Sure. And then what's, what is everybody up to at this stage of the summer? So I know you're not practicing every day yet. Cause I don't think that full practices have started yet. So what is the coaching staff doing on a day-to-day right now? And what are the guys doing on a day-to-day right now?
1: Well, this is the first week of classes. So we typically start skill workouts the first week of classes. Guys will have their uh, skill workout with, with individual coaches. They'll jump right into coach Q, the strength work, Um, you know, we'll assess where they're at fitness wise after being gone for about two and a half, three weeks. And, uh, and then we'll get started with some, what we call team skill. It's really a a compressed practice, but we'll get started with that here next week. Um, and then official practice starts right around the 27th of September. And that's when you're at, you know, you're two hours a day or however long it's, you know. Three, four, five practices a, a a week, and that's when you're hitting it and getting ready. And then at that point, it's hey, you're you're jumping right into things.
2: So, coach, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask uh, you got into the podcast business with uh, more than coach speak with Terrence Dials. Uh, so far, it's been a really fun listen. I know you've had some really cool guests on with Ed Cooley and obviously Tom Izzo. Uh, just kind of talk about the creation of that. Kind of was that something you wanted to get into? Was that brought to you? Just talk about the creation yeah. of that. Yeah, Justin, you know, it's one of those deals where I
1: I really wanted to do it uh because I thought I would enjoy talking to coaches and I very much have. Um not that I don't enjoy talking to you guys, I do, but I thought I would really enjoy talking to coaches, current coaches or guys that have just gotten out of it and just really diving into to stuff that maybe we talk about away from a microphone, but I just I thought there would be a um, a comfort level with some of some of my conversations. Uh, We have one with Urban that'll be coming out that was tremendous here in a couple, probably a couple a month and a half or so. Um, So I've tried to diversify between football. Obviously, the one with Coach Tressel, you know, Ryan kicking it off was great. Um, So it's 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 one of those things where I just. Enjoyed it, and I was like, I told our state, it was it was my idea, and I just said, hey, I don't want to, I don't want to promote it. Like, I don't care if anybody knows, you know, I I'll do it this first kind of, the when we first started I'll, I'll 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 push it out there from from some social media. This is really for coaches in the business that might be able to find a a something that, that can inspire them or challenge them or help them grow. That's really ultimately why, why I decided to do it. And if it's been valuable for people and interesting, I'm really happy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy we we've done it um, because it's been enjoyable for me.
0: And then to hop off of that and move kind of into the big 10 and the changes happening in the big 10 um, now that the Big Ten is a coast-to-coast conference, you add UCLA and USC and you add, now I guess, Washington and Oregon. I actually have not heard any comments from you about that yet. I would love to know what excites you about that, but also what challenges, both for yourself, coaches, and for athletes, do you see maybe coming out of that, of the Big Ten expanding geographically like that?
1: Well, the, the obvious challenge is the schedule and the, the travel. Um, that's the obvious challenge. Uh, I believe it was Brian Hamilton from The Athletic called me. It's really the only one I've had I've publicly spoke with about it. He called me right when it was going down. And um, I, I think that's the obvious challenge is, is travel. But you guys know and we know that, that while basketball is important to universities in these kind of conversations, it is not a consideration you know, even the blue bloods, the basketball blue bloods, you know, it's, it's not as much of a, you know, obviously Kentucky, you know, it's, they've been in the SEC forever, but it's, everything is dictated by college football uh, right now. So I, I see it as just a necessary part of the evolution of college athletics. You could certainly argue that it, it it's not in the best interest of 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 athletes current athletes with with the travel you could certainly make that argument and i i would i would understand where you're coming from and i've heard coaches make that argument just because of the sheer travel you know i think at some point guys we'll see football probably break away and and then we'll 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 see maybe a more regional scheduling potentially i just don't know how far away that's going to be
2: Yeah. And, you know, another aspect of college basketball, and it's if you're not talking about conference realignment, you're probably talking about the transfer portal Um, just as a coach and whatnot. And we kind of talked with we had Coach Diebler on uh, sometime last year. We kind of touched on it with him a little bit, too. Just what is it like constructing a roster? Obviously, you guys still prioritize recruiting, but also with the transfer portal recruiting kind of more of a, you know, long term, I guess you say, process while transfer portal more kind of a short term thing. How do you kind of balance those two? Well, you just, it's hard to plan. Like you used to be able
1: to plan your roster for three years, two years, three years yeah. down the road. You used to be able to do that and you used to be able to say, Hey, we can plan on this kid for the most part, <laughs> as long as he plays an important role and it's getting better, he's going to be in your program and you can, you can say, okay, Hey, this is what we can count on this for this, for him to play this role. Well, now you can't do that because the best players on teams are transferring. Yeah. Um, freshmen who start all the time are transferring. Freshmen who sit are transferring. And some coaches, as we've talked about, are not recruiting as many freshmen. We've recruited a lot of freshmen. We're one of the outliers. The last two years, we recruited a lot of freshmen. Now, this class is not going to be a big class for us. We've said that. Probably these next two classes are not going to be big classes for us. Um, we, we've said that. And, and some, of that is, uh, some of that is the transfer portal, and some of that is just we're still going to be a, a young team. And um, I, I think we, we don't want to add three or four more necessarily freshmen uh, to that mix. So it's just, I think you just plan year to year now, guys. And, um, you know, the days that maybe we all grew up with, I know I'm much older than you guys, but, you know, where you could plan on, you know, seeing this guy, you know, even during Thad's best years where you could plan on these guys being here, that was just a more consistent time than what it is now. And I hear from fans that they don't love it because it's, the familiarity with, with, uh, with players um, and player retention. And, and I understand that point too. Um, now it's not going to f- affect any of the excitement around March madness or the end of the year. That's still going to be maybe the greatest sporting event, but I think it's probably taken away some of the appeal of just the day-to-day college hoops fan.
2: I guess that uh-
0: Oh, to tack onto that, Justin, sorry. The, the math that goes, I think we asked Deebler this question too, Jake, and he also couldn't give us a straight answer, which is understandable. But when you're planning out your roster, you're crunching the numbers, you're trying to decide, okay, we can take two guys versus three guys um, versus do we want to add a transfer, do we not? I think the number for the last transfer cycle was like seven of the 352 schools did not lose a guy to the transfer portal or something. So it's not 100% but it's about as close to a hundred percent as you can get that somebody is probably going to transfer. So when you're crunching the numbers, are you keeping that in mind or do you as a coaching staff go, Hey, we're just going to assume that nobody is leaving until we are told otherwise.
1: No, no. I, I think you always got to assume there's going to be some natural tr- uh, attrition and it's, it's not a bad thing anymore. You know, sometimes it's a good thing for the player. Sometimes it's a good thing for the coaches, you know, the, you guys know this sometimes coaches understand, Hey, if I play this guy, I'm going to lose this guy. And they say, okay, I'm okay with it. I've made that decision. We think it's in the best interest of our program. And if I don't play this guy a certain amount of minutes, I'm going to lose him because he wants this early in his career. I could lose him. Uh, You know, so I, you know, we've been fortunate in that we haven't had like one, our leading score, you know, one of our best players, you know, transfer as most programs have or a lot of programs have. We really have not had that, but we're not immune to that and 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 won't be as a program. We're I just it's just it's a part of uh it's a part of college basketball. The you know the, the fortune the thing for us, it was really important for us to keep our four freshmen if we weren't gonna lose any of them. Uh, to the nba and we obviously ended up losing bryce to a one and done but it was very important for us to keep this class so keeping three of them and bryce going to the nba we considered a real success
2: yeah and just kind of real quick you mentioned it in your answer earlier with like top guys leaving you know you have like a creighton who's pretty much bringing everybody back but then ryan nemhart transfers and arthur kaluma transfers and then obviously in in the big 10 Hunter Dickinson transfers from Michigan and, you know, to Kansas like five or six years ago, could you have pictured the transfer portal being like that of like top guys? I mean, Hunter Dickinson was borderline the face of even the big 10 and he transferred. No, you started to see it about five years ago. Mm -hmm. You started to
1: see, you know, we'd have these group texts as coaching staff. uh, We're all on these group tests. We'd be like, can you believe this? You know, you, 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 send the 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 tweet of of a guy you know like five six years ago you'd start to oh my god like what in the world what is going on and then you try to figure out if there's a backstory and in some cases there was but in other cases there wasn't a backstory you started to see it but once they opened up the free transfer you mentioned creighton creighton's a great example the school i came from um and obviously, uh, you know, Thad took over, but they had a lot of transition there with some of their, you know, you know, kind of leading scores and, you know, it's, it's had teams in the big 10. You mentioned, you mentioned that with, with Hunter. And I know, you know, a lot of that is my understanding is like a lot of those situations, coaches had great relationships with players. There was no like anything behind it. It just was, you know, for whatever reason, um, um, it just makes you think of, it's just kind of on a year to year basis. And you know, that the, there are certain things you can tell with guys like, Hey, he really loves Ohio state. And we have that, I think with a lot of our guys now, like, unless they're just not ever going to play a role, like they're going to, they're going to be a part of what we're doing, but man, it's just, it's hard to, it's hard to, hard to trust anything. And, uh, you know, you mentioned it there with a couple examples that were just high profile examples where you were there were head scratchers.
0: Can you walk us through? And this is like my favorite question. I'm really excited to hear what you say about this. Can you walk us through the process from your perspective of basically getting a guy in the transfer portal? So like when we see it on Twitter, we see so and so has Hunter Dickinson has entered the transfer portal and. Yeah. Um, do you, do the coaches have like some database where it's like, Oh, they're in the transfer portal. And then I guess the process of seeing it. And then how do you get in touch with these guys? Do you have coaches? Do you have to go through back channels to get their phone number? Is it publicly available? Like, can you just kind of tell us the process from a coach's point of view of when a player hits the transfer portal and you say that guy's going to be a good fit. How does that very fast process play out?
1: In some cases you already know, because Someone, word will be out there. Somebody might reach out, a, a, you know, old coach saying, Hey, I think he could, he could transfer. But you cannot make any contact until someone is in the transfer portal. So, right. Excuse me. We have somebody on our staff who we say, Robbie, is he in the transfer portal? Text back, call. You know, he's right down from my office. Yes, he's in the transfer portal. Bang. Okay, let's meet for a second. Do we feel like he's a good fit? And a lot of this is early on, right? You're just making calls. With Jameson, you know, we waited a, a, a little bit because we thought he was just going to professionalize. So we didn't, we just didn't think there was going to be a whole lot there. Then we had heard he may he may not want to go in the Big Ten, so we weren't super aggressive with that one but i was up seeing tason in um play at, at the university of minnesota and i set up a, a time to to sit down with jameson so we had a, a coffee together and it was like a week into his transfer recruitment and then you know about two and a half to three weeks of really intense recruiting with the visit regular calls and FaceTime. so that's really that's really how it happens um you know, you just have to make sure they're in the transfer portal before you make contact. A lot of these, you have a coach that, you know, who has the kid's cell phone, or you have a player that, you know, who has the kid's cell phone. Everybody knows everybody right now in college, you know, basketball. So it's pretty, pretty easy to access their, their contact info. You know, what, what you don't typically want to do. And like, I had a, I had a, one of my staff who was doing a great job being aggressive, but he was, you know, he was like, Hey, I'm going to call. And this was a kid we didn't end up taking. He's like, Hey, I know his head coach really well. I'm going to call him. So he called him and I said, you know, the next day I said, Hey, you know, what the heck? He said, well, I haven't heard back from him yet. I said, yeah, I think that explains the kid. He doesn't, you know, coaches don't necessarily want to talk fresh off of a kid deciding he's going to leave. Right. Another yeah. coach. Yeah. So even as good of a relationship as you have, like that's, you're probably going to hit the ignore button a few times on that one.
2: Yes, yeah, Especially right away. I, I presume. Um, so you mentioned obviously this, this past, uh, this, uh, these, this group of freshmen kind of retaining them and, you know, bringing them along, obviously you're bringing back your starting point guard, which is always fun. Um, what did you kind of see throughout the year from Bruce playing point guard is not an easy position and he did it as a freshman, every single game. And, you know, he was he really, really looked like peaked at the end of the season. What do you see from him as a player? And also, I mean, as a person, I think people were very, very uh, not surprised, but very happy to see like the maturity and whatnot that he showed and stuff. He is a great kid. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, we've said
1: like an Aaron Kraft, like, a you know, Mike Conley, like, a you know, some of the he is a great, great kid and. A kid that I think you see his character as he plays. It's consistent with with just who he is. He's an everyday kid, an everyday guy, competes. You know, he's got to take a real step for us, but it, you're right. It's hard to be the starting point guard and play as much as he played. He played a major role. We carried a heavy load with him, and um, he got better and better. He, I think he hit the wall, and I think – it was a combination of fatigue and maybe a lack of confidence and our team struggling and just, and then he just started to turn the corner as our teams really turned the corner that last four or five weeks of the season.
0: And then you bouncing off of Bruce to another guy we just talked about with Jamison. I actually wasn't sure if you'd bring him up on your own or not. Um, so I guess this works. What do you need Jamison Battle to be this season if Ohio State is going to be, if this team's going to be the best possible version of itself when you close your eyes, what do you need from Jamison this season?
1: Well, he's got to be a a better defender than what he's been and a better rebounder. And he's got to be able to be a little bit more, he's got to score the ball for us, be a little bit more efficient than what he was last year. Now, two years ago, he was super efficient in a really, really high-level score. He's a talented yeah. offensive kid. We knew we needed that with both Bryce and Justice there on the wing, losing those guys. That's a lot of points on the wing you're losing and a lot of versatility there. Uh, but he's got to improve defense and his rebounding and then just be a little more overall efficient on the offensive end and and, and be one of our leading scorers.
2: And, and you know, looking at, obviously – the 2022 recruiting class was very highly touted, but so is this one coming in. You know, we've talked to Scotty, and he seems like an awesome guy. Just kind of talk about this this group coming in. You mentioned Tayson; I know he's been turning some heads, and I know a lot of people are really excited about him. What do you want to see from this freshman class? And you just kind of in general, just talk about your excitement for them getting on campus.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited about him. I, I think, you know, all of them have things that they've got to really obviously get better in and, and improve in. But I'm really excited about him. Austin's a young man that's, you know, he's a big kid. So it's going to take him maybe longer than those those guards that we have, those guards slash wing forwards that we have in the mix. Scotty's, I think, right now up to this point, shown the ability to be the most uh, complete on both ends in terms of his impact. He's, I think, shown the ability through practice to impact both ends the most. We'll see if that stays consistent. Devin's a really physical uh, kid who I think his, his his game will get better as the year goes on. And then Taysen, uh has the ability to, I think, grow into be a really good player. He's got to get a lot stronger. He's got to get more comfortable with the physicality, but I think has the chance. I, I don't know that any of those guys, you know, we are going to need to rely on like as much as we relied on Bruce this year. And in some ways uh, that was almost unfair to Bruce, but I don't know if there's anybody that's going to require that, you know, that degree of reliance of 32 minutes a game, you know, it just, it's too much.
2: Yeah. And, and when we talked to Scotty, you just mentioned that he's like kind of really set on both ends. He mentioned how much of a pride he takes on the defensive end of the ball. Is that, is that something that you really look for when you're recruiting these guys? And and was it something that stood out specifically with Scotty?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we've you guys know our defense is really the last three three years has has been in decline. So we've tried to address in recruiting um just more two-way players. Um and we've been able to kind of manage it in you know, like EJ and EJ's last year, he became a better defender. Uh we weren't a great team defense, but we were so efficient offensively. That we were able to 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 do some things um, because of our overall efficiency. Well, last year we didn't have the combination of both, so we needed we really needed to continue to recruit some some two way defenders and like or two way players and like Roddy's got to be that force this year. You know he's got to be that force, Um, and Scotty has the ability for sure.
0: Coach, before we started recording this, before you hopped in, me and Justin were trying to think of all of the inter Big Ten transfers. So we were like, okay, so Miller Kopp went from Northwestern to Indiana, and yep. then um, the next five were all guys that you pulled from other Big Ten teams with Joey with uh, Joey Bronk, Dockich, Mahaffey, uh, Damison, Jamari. Do you want to explain to us why, why Ohio State has pulled so many inter Big Ten transfers in the past six years Is like a comfort level for the staff that you guys have just directly – competed against them. Cause it's kind yeah. of it taboo. It was taboo. Maybe 10 years ago. You never saw that.
1: It was, I, th- I think there's some other examples. I'll have to think of some other. Ex- I do think there's some other examples. We're probably uh, all, all forgetting here, but not intentional at all. Really. It's just, I think familiarity, you know, I do think that's it. You go against a player. Like we went against Jamari and we were like, man, Jamari would be perfect alongside Dwayne Washington. Like that is the perfect. Now he didn't play ever play with yeah. Dwayne. Dwayne <laughs> right, played right. well in the G League and you know the G League camp, and then went to the the combine. We were like, man, that's a perfect combination. You got Jamari oh, Wheelie, awesome. you got Dwayne Washington. You got you got Justice Suing, You got EJ Liddell. You got Kyle Young. That is formidable. And then you got Malachi Branham coming off the bench. Like that's a top five preseason team, I think. So I, I think in a lot of ways it was. It just, you see these guys. I had a previous relationship with Joey Brunk because I coached him, but I think you just, you grow in respect for these guys. And in in some ways I'd prefer out of conference transfers, to be honest with you, I would prefer that, but you know, that doesn't always happen.
0: All right. We're going to close this the way we always close this. We've got five rapid fire questions. You can give like a 10 second or shorter answer if you want. Some of them have to do with basketball. Some of them have absolutely nothing to do with basketball. Um, so take as much or as little time as you want. The first question I'll start. I'm sure your daughter enjoyed the Taylor Swift concert, but how much did you enjoy the Eras tour? It was unbelievable,
1: guys. It was it was a <laughs> wild experience. You know, it was long. She goes for about three and a half hours, and she changes her outfit a lot. And it was loud. Uh, it was really really loud. But it was an unbelievable experience. There are videos that will never see the light of day of me singing Taylor Swift songs loud and with my daughter that those will remain private. But uh, yeah, it it was a really, it was a cool, it was a really cool. So we had promised my daughter a trip out there to see her, one of her childhood best friends and four years ago, pandemic.
2: And then we saw that Taylor Swift was going to be out there. So that's why we went out there. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's the best party out there right now, so you got to experience it. Yes. Um, just, and you're going into your seventh year now. What is something today Coach Chris Holtman would tell 2016 Chris Holtman?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Uh, that's a good question.
0: That's a tough uh, one to throw into rapid fire.
1: Yeah. Especially right at Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Brace yourself, you know, for, for, you know, for, uh, you know, COVID taking away, you know, yeah. what I like was one of our teams, you just brace yourself for all that comes with being in this position. You don't, I think, fully appreciate it or understand it. And actually that was told to me before I got here um, until you're in it. So just, you know, uh, I think, I think that, and um, I would have also told myself back then, Hey man, really get to know Columbus. Cause you're going to love the place. You're going to love the city.
0: That's perfect, because my next question in the rapid fire is going to be, when you and your family have a rare day off, when all three of you have nothing to do, what is something around Columbus that you guys like to go do?
1: Uh, my wife and daughter love the zoo. We, we love, you know, going out to eat. You know, we love going and having dinner and we kind of have our spots that we go to that we feel comfortable with that, you know, that that will hit, hit on a regular basis that's, those are the big things. You know, we, we love, we love kind of going out to dinner. We have some friends that we've met that we enjoy spending time with, you know, both as a, as a family and as, as a couple uh, that we've gotten to know that that's a lot of fun. Um, But, you know, there's a lot, you know, obviously crew game, minor league team, there's a lot of really fun stuff as you guys know, well in this city.
2: Yeah. And, you know, how often are you in contact with the NBA guys? And as they, are you watching them? I know probably specifically maybe EJ because of the adversity he's had to deal with, you know, are you kind of watching them and, and paying attention? Are you hitting them up? How does that kind of work with you?
1: Yeah. You know, all of our guys, I, I want to try to stay in as much regular communication as I can, you know, a guy like Justin Arns. I tried to check in with him a couple of weeks ago, just to see he's, he's interested in going into real estate, but all of our, I you know, you coach so many guys that you you try not to lose contact with them, but you do at times. But yeah, the EJ, I think everybody knows how I feel about EJ and his family. So for him to go through what he went through, I mean, I FaceTimed him as soon as I heard. It, it was not public yet, but as soon as I heard that he was going to be given a two-year guaranteed deal with an option for a third – you know, with tremendous money, tremendous financial security, especially if he if he takes care of it and does handles it the right way. I, I just was so happy for him. So I mean I FaceTimed him right away and you know, uh, nearly was crying myself. And it was such a great moment. He had this huge smile, and of course, he was playing video games, like he's always playing video games. So it's like you know, on CJ, like you know, like just playing video games and I wanted, you know, so I called, he called his, called his dad, called his mom. And then I went out and saw him in summer league, but all, all those guys, you know, I'm trying to stay in, in contact with the first year for those guys is hard in the NBA because they leave an environment that felt very comfortable to them. And now they're in a business environment and it's just, it is, it is a different experience and they need sometimes to hear kind of a, 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 just a voice beyond their family that's that's friendly and that's in their corner. And here. that's what we try to do.
0: All right. Last question. I was a weekly patron of this place. So this is a big question for me. When you go to Buckeye Donuts, what are you getting at Buckeye Donuts? Back oh, when, I was in, when I was in school, I was there once a week, twice a week. So this is a big one.
1: So I'll tell you guys, donuts are, are my weakness. All right. They are my weakness. I could eat them l- breakfast, lunch, dinner. I could literally have them for, you know, every meal. Like they are my, they're like, if you said, Hey, what's your favorite dessert? It's just, it's a, it's a donut. It doesn't have to be like a, a, a fancy donut place. It can be crazy. Tim Horton's. You know, it can be Buckeye donuts. You know, um, I love a Boston cream donut. I've just, that's, I've always loved that. You know, I'm going to try to get out of this habit, but you can trust me that uh, after a loss, the morning after a loss, I'm going to drown myself in a few, few Boston cream donuts on the way to work and I'm not going to try, I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to do that as much this year for a variety of reasons.
0: So um, You're hoping to have fewer donuts this season. Oh, for then. sure.
1: Uh, yeah. For so <laughs> many reasons, but man, I, I love some donuts. So um, it doesn't surprise me that you guys, uh, it's, it was, it's a good spot to go to.
0: All right. This went a little, a little longer than anticipated. So we're going to, we're going to let you go here, but uh, thank you so much for taking a time to talk to us. It's always nice to chat outside of a, press conference setting because there are just some questions that we asked today that maybe just never quite fit into a press conference. So it's nice to ask you some, you know, some different stuff. So we appreciate it and appreciate well, your
1: time. I, I, you know, I appreciate you guys covering, you know, it's a crowded world, you know, in media in general, but certainly when you're covering uh football and everybody kind of comes over the last really month and a half of the season, but there's some consistent people that cover us uh, consistently Uh, whether it's a podcast or whether it's just media that I I have appreciation for, um, you know, whether they're positive or critical, I just have appreciation for the coverage we do as a program. So thanks for covering us, guys.
0: Absolutely. Take care. Thanks again. To Coach Holtman for joining us this week, uh taking time out of his busy summer to uh talk with us about all kinds of stuff, basketball and and otherwise, clearly.
2: Yeah, takeaway. I don't know if you if you had this takeaway or not. When we talked to him, it was like 6 30 ish. And I was expecting when his Zoom popped up, he'd be like in his like home office or something. He was at the shot. And I was like, Oh, that's right. These dudes only work. <laughs> Forgot about that.
0: Yeah. When he, when we had it all lined up, he did, it, it kind of does sound like things change quickly with, with, with uh, coaches and the coaching staff. I'm sure. Cause he basically was like, yeah, I'll do. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to let's do it. Let's put it on the calendar. But also he said the day it happens, please text me just in case something goes crazy and we have to change it. These things, you know, sometimes Jameson battle enters the transfer portal and you have to, you got to pivot and you got to do something different as you, as we just heard.
2: Yeah, but as always, I was you know it's fun talking to Coach Holman. I had a really fun time talking to him the first time we did, but this time it felt a little more in depth. You know, it's always nice to interview someone twice. Um, I did like his his facial reaction was hilarious when we told him who our two time guests have been. Um, So it's nice to put him on that list. Hopefully, we'll get him for a third time here. Not soon. I thought uh, he. I
0: thought he would. I thought he would appreciate knowing that he was in a you know. Such a prestigious, a prestigious group that also includes what like Joey Lane, Adam Jardy, of course Joe Gamma. Um, so he's officially joined the greats.
2: Yeah. So, but yeah, and I like like you said, I'm, I was glad that we got to talk to him about like actual big picture stuff and not just you know the cookie cutter how you get coach speak answers. Um, you know, we got to talk about conference realignment, how he feels about that. You know some stuff that I like. You said in the interview, I haven't really heard him comment on much. So that's always fun, and um, and and you won't get an op- and you and you won't get an
0: opportunity to all the time, right? In season, because it's like once they're in season, uh, maybe like media day would be a little different. Like, but like once you they'll get, get in asked season, a, yeah, like, they'll get asked a media day about it, but that's it. Right. Once you get in season, though, it's like like we were joking about before we. To the interview, it's you you don't go play a basketball game and then you revisit some big picture thing like, hey, can you explain to me the the process from your perspective of how the transfer portal works? Can you explain to me, like when you hear somebody hits the transfer portal, like what are you doing? How do you get their contact info? Um, When do you contact them? Do you talk to their former coach at all or do you not talk to their coach at all? Like, do you like schedule something for the same day if possible? Like that's not something we could ask in season. But I was always curious, like I don't know about you, I was always curious, like how the heck does Chris Holtman get Jamison Battle's cell phone number? Like yeah. is there a da- Is there a database where it's like Jamison Battle put his number in so that all the coaches could contact him? And it sounds like no, it's more like, hey, like everybody knows everybody, I just got to reach out to somebody that I know would have his phone number and yeah. through Which secondary true, connections college- get in touch. I
2: don't know how it is in college football because there's more teams and it's, it feels a little more – I don't know if clickish is the word, but in college basketball, every single coach knows every single coach. These guys are all friends. Um, I did like that on a rapid answer part, none of those were rapid answers. <laughs> Arguably some of his longest.
0: No, nope. what well, what advice would you give yourself six years ago? He's like, Oh, Jesus. Um <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. you could see him reliving the last six years, which I mean, I I kind of figured COVID would obviously be the, the obvious answer there, just because that's something that you can't actually prepare for. But um, yeah. No, I thought I thought he just I I like Coach Holman because I do think he gives a lot of thought to all you know a lot of the questions, even like the Jameson battle one. He could just been like, "Well, we need him to be good," you know. But he actually went into depth about what they need him from him and and how he can get there.
0: Yeah, he was like, here, he didn't even he didn't even say here are the good things that I need from Jameson. Here are the good things that Jameson does that I need him to keep doing." He yeah, said, "Here are the things." Here are the things that Jameson does not
2: do well that <laughs> yeah. I have already told him yeah. he needs to do better. Yeah, it seems like maybe he's had that conversation with how quick he pulled some of those out. So
0: Yeah. Well, probably will not have him back on for quite a long time, at least not until probably after the upcoming season. So um that was fun. We appreciate him. Um if you lasted this long, which I always say if you lasted this long, with with the guests that we had this week, I'm sure that most people are probably still here yeah, with us. It'd at be this insane
2: point. if you left. That's just nonsense. <laughs>
0: if you uh, are still with us we appreciate it if you found us on the website make sure to also subscribe on spotify apple music um whatever you use for music and podcasts so that you get uh, new episodes every two weeks until whenever we go to weekly a little closer to the season we're getting
2: there yeah and you can find uh, the twitter on um what is it again is it is there underscore or not i don't ever get this no
0: right. there's no underscore there's no one no underscore
2: bucketheads lghl um it's you know Bucketheads, lgpn now actually right. we changed oh it oh my god this is like if you ever seen that new girl this, that clip of uh of of the t- of uh jake johnson and max greenfield talking about new girl where he gets all the information wrong um yeah this is Bucketheads lgpn you can interact with us that will really me there but uh us there you know as football season and basketball season really start to kick off and Step off we'll start to do more maybe we'll do a listener's question here soon um people normally get in our dms with those so those are fun um you know we definitely we have some more fun guests lined up um, as long as twitter stays a thing because that's how we can pretty much get all of our guests so you know um just uh follow us there you can follow me at just i don't even remember my own twitter it's justin underscore gold but i think it is i'm gonna start using that a little more. Again, just because of my work at my full-time job, I got to start promoting my articles I write and stuff. I just did an interview for a podcast with the number one amateur golfer in the world, Gordon Sargent. You can check that out too, if you like golf. So um, yeah, Connor, where are you? Uh, If you want to follow me, it's at Lemons,
0: which is L-E-M-O-N-S underscore Connor on Twitter. Um, Thank you for sticking with us. We appreciate it. Hope you enjoy the interview. Everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy college football and go Bucks.